Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show Podcast here on RadioMisfits.com. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 15. And we bid sweet goodbye to the year 2015. And it's on to 2016. Yes, yes. So this will be the first episode of the new year. Yeah. Well, let's hope we all have a happy one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, the Reverend Bob Levy and his wife Christine are big fans of uh, LeBron James and the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, yeah. Well, someone else was a fan, but he's not anymore. Yes, yes. Fake black man Sean King and uh, uh, Black Lives Matter superstar activist. Yeah, well, until they decided to disassociate with him because he uh, uh, apparently defrauded donors to his uh, charity work that he was supposed to do, but he just pocketed the money, apparently, or something like that. (laughs) Uh, But no, not for being a fake black man, since he's probably whiter than me. Uh, But he continues to pretend that he's a black man, um, which uh, in and of itself I would have thought was kind of a racist act. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but a really mixed up man. But oddly enough, he's still gainfully employed as a writer for the New York Daily News. Yes, yes. So he's been writing articles recently on the uh, sad tale of Tamir Rice, the young child who was gunned down by police officers in uh, Cleveland. And uh, uh, the prosecutor uh, couldn't get an indictment, so uh, they won't be charged for this uh, shooting. And I'll get into that as we go along. But anyway, uh, what what does that have to do with LeBron James? Well, LeBron James, of course, is, like I said, from the Cavaliers, which is based in Cleveland. And that's where LeBron James lives now. And uh, so apparently Sean King felt he was required to speak out on this. And, of course, speak out in the way Sean King would expect him to. uh, And the way that Sean King does, yeah. So anyway... uh, He writes, uh, speaking after a recent game, when asked about Tamir's death, LeBron said, For me, I've always been a guy who's took pride in knowledge of every situation that I've ever spoke on. And to be honest, I haven't really been on top of this issue, so it's hard for me to comment. I understand that any lives that are lost, what we want more than anything is prayer and the best for the family, for anyone. But for me to comment on the situation, I don't have enough knowledge about it. See, what Sean King fails to recognize here is that that's a responsible statement because he's admitting he doesn't have the knowledge of the case to comment further. But that doesn't stop Sean King, who clearly doesn't know jack squat about it. So um, his response to this was that, uh, I know LeBron isn't Muhammad Ali, and I definitely knew, yeah, he writes new because, uh, and this is where I wonder, he's just really that stupid and can't write well. Uh, or or maybe because in his white-centric way of thinking, he expects, I, I gotta pretend like I'm a black man, because that's what he does. And so, yeah, black guys don't know how to write properly, so maybe that's why he did this misspelling. 
I don't know, but anyway, it's supposed to read, I definitely know he isn't Malcolm X. But for him to basically say he can't even comment on this case because he simply doesn't know enough about it is appalling. No, what's appalling is uh, seeing that uh, Sean King is a writer for a newspaper or a news website, uh, New York Daily News. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's embarrassing. It's... Uh, uh, reprehensible, actually. I mean, how do you call yourself a news venue when you've got this lying fraud working for you? And what possible foundation does he speak from to judge LeBron James, who, by the way, is a real black man? Yes, yes. So, um, he goes on and on about, oh, he wants him to be this great civil rights hero and whatnot. Well, who's to say he isn't? Certainly not you. <laughs> You're the one lying about who you are. Anyway, uh, so like I said, he's been writing articles on this case. So he did several. And of course, one of them was titled, uh, Tamira Rice is the Emmett Till of our day. Now this happens again and again in some of these. Well, maybe not again and again, but there's been several. I mean, there was even in Trayvon Martin, Oprah Winfrey, who should know better, said the same thing about Trayvon Martin, which is absurd. There's no comparison between the two stories at all. Emmett Till was a young boy who was visiting relatives in the South. He was originally from the northern states. And and apparently the story goes that he apparently said, hey, baby, to a white woman. Well, this stirred up all kinds of trouble, and some Klansmen came to where he was staying, and they basically kidnapped the kid and tortured him to death. And so uh, his body was found. It was all horrible. He was beaten beyond recognition. And you can Google image uh, the pictures because his mother wanted the public to see what they had done to her son. And uh, so the guys, everybody knew who did it, and then they were rounded up, and there was a trial. Unfortunately, several members of the jury were uh, Klansmen, and I believe even the judge was. Uh, some of the sheriff's department people or maybe even the sheriff himself. So you, you see how this is going to end up. Of course, they acquitted them. And then after being acquitted, well, they gave an interview to a magazine, I believe it was Life magazine, and where they uh, fessed up and went into gratuitous detail of the whole uh, killing. And, of course, it's double jeopardy, so they couldn't be tried again, so they got away with it. So that's the horrible, terrible, racist uh, murder and uh, horror show that that story was. There's nothing like that here. And I've got the basic uh, synopsis of the Cleveland case. Uh, in their statements, the officers each wrote that they saw Tamir pulling what they thought was a real gun out of his waistband before Loman shot the boy from close range. Loman and Garback, Garmback, the officers, uh, arrived at the Kudel Recreation Center about 3.30 p.m. November 22, 2014, after a man reported a guy with a pistol was scaring people. Tamir had been playing with a replica pellet gun with the orange safety tip removed. The caller also said that the gun was probably fake and that the suspect was probably a juvenile. But those details were not relayed to the officers. Yeah, that's kind of an important part right there. So they didn't know what they were going, and they just knew it was some guy with a gun. That's all they knew. Um, so that's mistake number one right there. Uh, Garmback drove the police cru cruiser into the park toward the gazebo where Tamir had been sitting. The boy approached the car with his hands towards his waist. Loman jumped from the passenger side of the cruiser and fired twice. The entire interaction, captured by a city-owned surveillance camera, lasted less than two seconds. Loman wrote that he shouted four times for Tamir to show his hands before he opened fire. 
<sighs> the Cuyahoga County Prosecutor's Office released three reports from national experts and police use of force that each found the boy's shooting was tragic, but reasonable because the officers did not know Tamir's age or that the gun was fake. The experts also concluded that a reasonable officer responding to a report of a man with a gun would have considered Tamir's movements around his waist to pose a threat to their safety. They also concluded the deadly use of force would be legally appropriate. So there's really no way to charge them here under those circumstances. This is tragic. But it's not Emmett Till. They didn't go out there looking to kill some black kid. They just didn't. <laughs> that's what you would have to say. They went, they got him, they tortured him to death. No, they didn't, none of that happened. So it's disgraceful to compare the two. Tamir Rice's death is terrible. It's tragic. And it's tragic because it seems this was all more or less incompetence in a kind of a stupid accident. So that's hardly a murder case. But anyway, no one has to answer to Sean King, not LeBron James, not Cleveland, not even the police officers involved in this case, because Sean King is a lying fraud. The only one who really needs to step up and answer the question is the New York Daily News. Why do you have a writer working for you that is a provable and obvious fraud? Who's the idiot who hired this guy? You, I mean, look at him. I mean, it's ridiculous. Man, I mean, you idiots gave a column to the male Rachel Dolezal. That's what he is. And there he is. He's going to preach to LeBron James on how a uh, black athlete and celebrity should respond to social issues and crimes. and what I mean, it's ridiculous. So anyway, the uh, New York Daily News might be a good source for weird crime stories that they cut and paste from Reuters and the AP, but is that as far as they're being an actual news entity themselves, no, they're not, because uh, they hire lying frauds like Sean King to write on issues of the day. So until that's taken care of, uh, the New York Daily News is not the news. So, after that lovely little uh, story, um, how about... A Muslim story. Yes, passenger says Muslims protect Christians. Mumbasa, Kenya. Somali Islamist militants sprayed a Kenyan bus with bullets on Monday, killing two people. But a passenger said he and fellow Muslims defied demands from the attackers to help identify Christians traveling with them. The attack took place in Madeira in northeast Kenya. A year ago, al-Shabaab gunmen stormed a Nairobi bus bound in the same area and killed 28 non-Muslim passengers execution-style. Abdi Mahmoud Abdi, a Muslim who was among the passengers in Monday's incident, told Reuters that more than ten al-Shabaab militants boarded the bus and ordered the Muslim passengers to split away from the Christians. But they refused. We even gave some non-Muslims our religious attire to wear in the bus so that they would not be identified easily. We stuck together tightly, he said. The militants threatened to shoot us, but we still refused and protected our brothers and sisters. Finally they gave up and left, but warned they would be back. So see, there you go. Like everything in life, there's good and bad. Same thing with Islam. See, this this guy here uh, and his friends were as the example of the good Muslims. The problem we have are with the bad ones, like Al-Shabaab shooting up the bus. It's really not that hard to understand. But anyway, there, see? I'll give credit where credit's due. So, there you go, good Muslims. 
Now, stick around, because there's more Mr. Nelson Show coming your way right after these important messages. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show on RadioMisfits.com. On the Conti and Kenny Show, you never know who's going to show up. Speaking of let the guy do all the work, we got Doug Nelson on the phone. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, Doug, do you want to uh, do the news real quick? Oh, boy, do I. Nice. (laughs) And now the news with Douglas Nelson. Yes, student driver crashes car through front of driving school. (laughs) I I took my driving test basically with my cock out. I had no idea, but I wasn't. I was commando in um, in shorts and uh, the zipper. My my fly was down the entire time. I noticed it as we were starting the test, so I couldn't like take my hands off the wheel and zip my fly up. I'm sitting there taking the entire test with my, basically with my cock out, Jeez. and it was a black woman. I got I got I got like a 97. Wow. Yeah, I, I I did really well. Well, she must have thought you were quite I, I, large I, for a white guy. I've been driving since I was 14, but yeah. I didn't. I I'm sitting no, there. No, no, she just she never noticed it. <laughs> Charming, aren't they? Yes, the surprises never cease on the Conti and Kinney Show. Follow them on Twitter at CNK Show. And for all other info about Conti and Kinney, go to thecontiandkinneyshow.com. Ready, set, vent with Andy Lurie. In Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Hunter Thompson refers to a moment when he was begging his buddy to throw the radio into the bathtub with him when it hit the peak moment at the end of the song White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. And he's like, I want to die, and that's when I want to go out at that peak fucking moment, so throw the fucking radio in. That's a funny fucking way to go out. If you take anything from my podcast today, people, it's when you commit suicide, think of the music that you're going to be doing it to. And you don't want to do it to something fucking maudlin. You don't want to be like, oh, I'm going to play a real sad Doors song, or I'll play Adele. Great talk radio isn't dead. When you kill yourself, this holiday season, pick a good song. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. In space, no one can hear. I stand corrected. Hey, gang, it's Mr. Nelson again. Hey, you like sci fi movies and outer space adventures? Well, now you can watch one with me. Our film is called Cosmos War of the Planets. It was Italy's answer to Star Wars, but for some reason it just didn't catch on. Maybe it was the cheap special effects, or the below soap opera level acting. Or maybe it was just the fact that the studio forgot to turn the damn lights on. Anyway, our sci-fi romp stars, John Richardson, who once had a shot at being James Bond, but he lost out to George Lazenby. Richardson just couldn't catch a break. I mean, it's one thing if you lose out to Sean Connery, or maybe even Roger Moore. But George Lazenby? (laughs) Oh, well. Warning. Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. So what are you waiting for? Head over to Selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. There you'll find all the films that I've graced with my smart-ass commentary. So again, head over to Selfie.com slash Nelson. Oh, Sammy Sue, what is this? Oh, Betty, I don't know, I don't know. Wait, I know. It's Wonderos! (laughs) That's right, girls. Whenever you hear that delightful sound, you know that it's the Wonderalls man with his super deluxe form-fitting vibrating crotch pantyhose designed to make you feel 
good. The surgeon general has determined that Blunderall's pantyhose can lead to severe swamp ass, causing rashes, hives, oozing boils, and may develop into foul, odorous button crotch rot. Men should never wear Blunderalls, as spontaneous castration may result. So don't be a perk. Hi, it's Fitz Slomo with the Sham Away. Paper towels just fall apart when wet like toilet paper on diarrhea. But the Sham Away holds. We interrupt these commercial messages to bring you these important news bulletins. Cop accused of accessing suspects' nude pics becomes pariah. Both city and union lawyers are refusing to represent a Queen's cop accused of forwarding a suspect's racist photos and videos to his own phone. Officer Sean Christian is scrambling to find legal representation after Pamela Held sued him in federal court, saying the 12-year NYPD veteran invaded her privacy by accessing 20 nude photos and five videos on her iPhone that were meant for her boyfriend's eyes only. Held's lawyer, Richard Solimanzada, says the incident took place while Christian and other members of the department were conducting an investigation. Kristen was a cop at the 104th Precinct in February 2013 when police pulled over Hill because her car had no inspection sticker. After cops found prescription drugs in the car, they arrested Hill on misdemeanor drug charges, which were later dropped. During questioning, Hill gave a female cop the security code to unlock her iPhone so she could show police text messages that proved her whereabouts. After Hill got her phone back, Kristen followed her to her car and flirted with her. Later. She realized the photos and videos had been forwarded to a number she didn't recognize. Her lawyer traced it to Christian. Christian, who is now assigned to the 70th precinct, was slapped with departmental charges and pleaded guilty to them earlier this year. He lost 45 vacation days and was placed on dismissal probation for one year. This office has decided not to represent Mr. Christian, said Nick Polici, a spokesman for the law department. That's all we can say about this pending legal matter. Lawyers for the Patrolman's Benevolent Association also let Christian know they would not represent him. The NYPD said no other officers were disciplined in the incident. Damn! Life's hard on a voyeur peeping Tom. Anyway, South Carolina stripper attacks man after he tells her to lose weight. The stripper punched him four times in the face after hearing enough of his dumbbell advice. The Derriere's Gentleman Club stripper had heard enough out of Kyle Yeoman, 23, after he told her, Go to the gym and lose weight! Early Sunday morning, according to documents obtained by the smoking gun. After he gave some dumbbell advice, she lunged off the stage and punched him in the face four times, causing visible injuries from the ring on her fist. A bouncer then dragged him out of the club and roughed him up as well. Yeoman told police, he had harassed the stripper about her weight because she was annoying him. She kept trying to talk to him, and he was tired of it, the police report read. He also blamed the insults on the alcohol, telling police he was at an 11 out of 10 level of drunk. The strip club victim waited about 17 hours after to call cops, but stressed that he did not want to press charges and only sought a police report. He identified the girl as a white woman weighing 115 to 120 pounds with a muffin top. A friend who was a witness at the strip club said he saw Yeoman getting clobbered by the stripper, but did not hear the weight comment being made. Cubs tried getting the stripper's side of the story, but found that the gentleman's club was closed. The strip club could not be reached for comment. Jeez, you try to give someone a little health advice, huh? Oh well. Tennessee woman with loaded gun hidden in vagina pleads guilty. Dallas Archer. 
What kind of a name is Dallas for a woman? Anyway, Dallas Archer, 21, pleaded guilty after hiding a loaded four-inch revolver inside her vagina and trying to sneak it past prison guards last April. The gun show, which doubled as a peep show, landed the woman felony charges for bringing contraband into a penal facility. She was also charged with vandalism and speeding and fined $1,000 according to court records obtained by the smoking gun. Her lawyer, Daniel Cantwell. <laughs> well, let's hope he can will for her sake. Anyway, Daniel Cantwell had no clue why she had a pistol in her privates. I have never gotten an answer for that. I don't know. I think it's just because she was high. Dallas Archer will spend three years in jail for having a loaded revolver hidden inside her vagina. She was also sentenced to three years of community service and two years of probation. Police originally nabbed Archer for driving without a license and brought her to Kingsport Jail. A female officer was doing a routine check when she noticed Archer was packing heat in her privates. They pulled out a North American Arms 22 lr revolver, which was reported stolen in 2013 from a retired car salesman from Kingsport. He said he hadn't seen the gun since it was stolen from his 1994 Mustang. After finding out where his pencil had been, he said the gun would need a bath and bleach. <laughs> Let's take a look at her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Looks like she's been familiar with quite a few trailer parks. Now on to celebrity news. Judge sympathizes, but DJ model Angie Vu will remain jailed in New York City for attempting to abduct daughter. Sexiest agent DJ Angie Vu brushed away tears Monday when a Brooklyn judge informed her that as much as he would like to spring her from prison to face parental abduction charges in France, his hands are tied under international law. Vu has been held at the Metropolitan Detention Center since November 3rd, the day she was arrested at Kennedy Airport as she was about to get on a flight to Vietnam with her nine-year-old daughter, Isabella. The biological father, Richard Frogger... <laughs> the biological father, Richard Frogger, has legal custody of her and obtained an arrest warrant from a family court in Paris after Vu did not abide by their agreement to return the child. Ah, from France. That explains the name Frogger. Anyway, uh, the French authorities have 60 days to file court papers on whether they will proceed with a contempt of court case against Vu. I suppose it does seem to me that holding Miss Vu here is not the right thing to do. Our duty is to deliver Miss Vu to French authorities, said Brooklyn Magistrate Judge Victor Polwelski. I'm not happy about it. Federal prosecutor Ryan Harris has argued that Vu, a popular DJ and model in Asia, who has also posed in Playboy, and appeared on the show America's Got Talent, is a risk to go on the lam if she's released on bail. The Vietnamese bombshell looked haggard in the courtroom, clad in a baggy blue prison suit and a long-sleeved white thermal shirt. Vu, 32, told the Daily News exclusively that her time in prison has been a nightmare and terrifying, but she is focused on being reunited with her daughter who she raised until the girl was seven. I just mind my business and be respectful to everybody, but the fear is there. She told the news, the smoking hot mama is being hailed in a dormitory with a hundred female prisoners. I believe in the judge and the fairness of the jury and the United States legal system, she said. The fighter in me is keeping me strong, believing that I've done all the right things and everything's going to be all right. Defense lawyer Mia Eisner-Grinberg said her client already has custody of her daughter in Vietnam and intends to file for custody in her homeland. Well, come on, let's see. How hot can she be? Let's see. Whoa. Oh, my God. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let her go. Come on, you bastards. And that's the news. Stay tuned for another exciting episode of Night Night after these important messages. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Remember actor Peter Graves? He was from the original Mission Impossible TV series, and he starred as the pedophile airline pilot from the movie Airplane. He also starred in another film as a nuclear physicist tormented by alien killers from space. The title is somewhat misleading, as they only kill one man, and his death is kind of an accident. And they spin the rest of the movie showing Peter films of bugs. Because of all this, I've decided to crap all over this film with my commentary. Yes, it's like watching crappy old movies with me. All you have to do is head over to my video store at selfy.com slash nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash nelson. There you'll find this and many other films that I've brutalized. So, show some love, drop some change... And watch some movies with me, Mr. Nelson. Warning. Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. This week on Secrets, Mike and Sharon's marriage faces a shameful crisis. Damn it, Mike. You, you've got to do something about your bedwetting problem. You're costing us a fortune in mattresses. Don't you think I know that? You think I like walking around in damp drawers? Secrets! And Samantha gives in to her long-denied feelings for E.J. Wells. I... I shouldn't want you, let alone love you after you blackmailed me into marrying you. But how can I deny that I get juicy down south at the sound of your British accent? Oh, I know, I know. Now remember, back when you faked your death and had to disguise yourself as a man, you created a male persona and called yourself Sam, and no one, not even your family, suspected you. Remember? Um, yes? I want you to put on your Sam disguise again, and wear this freshly lubed strap-on. I'll be in the bedroom on all fours. Secrets! Meanwhile, Chloe, desperate to hold on to her billionaire husband, has decided to keep her miscarriage a secret. But her doctor has other ideas. Damn it, Dr. Stroker. I'll do anything to keep my husband in the dark. Anything? Secrets Weekdays on CUMTV Daytime. I, uh, I read an article today. It said married men masturbate and go to hookers more than single men. You think that's true? Oh, yeah. Married women won't suck your dick unless you won the lottery. Wait. You don't think married people have oral sex? Why do you think women get married? They want kids. They ain't gonna drink the kids. That's disgusting. Come on, honey. Do a shooter. Thank you. A new Disney film. Honey, I drank the kids. There's more the other chick. All right. You don't got laid a lot, JFK. He got a lot of pussy. All right, now. JFK got a lot of pussy. I know that. Our pal, the late great Otto Peterson, is no longer with us. 
but his legacy of laughs lives on at autoandgeorge.com. There you can find his DVDs, T-shirts, and all things Otto and George at autoandgeorge.com. The Bob Levy Show supports Warrior Point, Inc. It was created to be the number one rallying point for any and all veterans who have honorably served this great nation. It does not matter whether you served your time during peacetime, wartime, or if you're still serving. If you served in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, or National Guard, you are welcome as a member of Warrior Point. So join the ranks of Warrior Point to support one another and to help raise awareness of the issues you face as defenders of our great nation. Follow them on Twitter at Warrior Point and friend them on Facebook and go to warriorpoint.org. This is Night Night, and I'm here to tell you that you're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. And now, it's time for City City News, starring your anchors, Wiener Wanker and Sally Sue, Buddy with Sports, and Sparky with the Weather. Now, here's Wiener. Good evening. I'm Wanir Wanker. Sally is on assignment. For years now, the city of Cityopolis has suffered under the vigilante terrorism of self-styled superhero Night Night. However, his reign of terror may be coming to an end, as City City News has learned of a man who may know the secret whereabouts of Night Night's secret headquarters. In our exclusive interview with this witness, whom we will call Snitchy, we learn that Snitchy had been exposed to Night Night's infamous Nighty Night amnesia gas. He now believes he is regaining his stolen memories. It's still cloudy, but I remember a false wall sliding open. Uh, a neon sign saying, Night, and a Night Night's boot in my face. Snitcherson went on to say that he feels he may soon remember the location in full, and that this could... What? It said his name, his real name, and we're lying! Oh, but, well, you dumped it, didn't you? Dump? Dump what now? The seven-second delay, you idiots! Damn it! Snitcherson, eh? That must be Snitchy Snitcherson. A sleazy informant the cops often use to fry bigger fish. In fact... I do seem to recall beating the shit out of him last month, just outside the lair. Something about robbing Club Knight. Damn, you'd think the news would have used a better fake name than his real fake name. Once again, the media fails to outfox the Night Knight. Yeah, but one day, they're bound to catch you and lock you up for all the crimes you committed. Crimes? What do you mean? Well, you're not an authorized officer of the law. And hell, the property damage alone would be enough to send your ass up the river for years. <laughs> yeah, night-night! Shut up, boo-boo. Your opinion is irrelevant. I mean, you're not even human. Now is not the time to dwell on why I must operate above the law for the greater good. No. Now is the time to seek out this asshole and prevent him from revealing the location of the night's lair. To the night cruiser! Oh, boy! And later on a seedy street 
in a seedy part of town. Hey, look, that's Creamy's, the old ice cream parlor. Not anymore, Bobo. No, it's just a trashy massage parlor. Huh, what kind of a snack is a massage? Hopefully you'll never know. Lord knows the world can't afford to have you breeding. Well, I don't want to bleed either. No, stupid. I, wait, wait, look. There's Snitchy now, exiting the parlor, as I knew he would. How'd you know that? I called one of the girls who works there and asked if he was a regular, and she confirmed that indeed he was. Huh, how'd you know this girl? Uh, d d never mind. Let's go get him. As Night Night and Boobo run after Snitchy, he notices them and begins to run away from our masked marbles. Oh, citizen! That's, I, I, I mean criminal! I'm not a criminal! You are, if you're a threat to me! Suddenly, a black car pulls up in front of the fleeing Snitchy! Get in! Who are you? Just get in! Snitchy is then grabbed and pulled inside the mysterious vehicle, which then speeds away. Oh no, Bubu! We've lost him! Damn, damn, damn! It's all your fault for being too vet to catch you! Shut up! Let's get back to the night cruiser. But then, Night Knight returns to his car to find it vandalized. Damn it! Not again! <laughs> Look! They spray-painted Night Nut and Butthole on the door. <laughs> Stop laughing, you idiot. They're insulting us. No, they're just insulting you, Night Nut. <laughs> and just who do you think Butthole is, Butthole? What? Hey! Yes. It is a low livelihood. They produced scoundrels such as these. But it's one scoundrel in particular we must find. We need Smedley to transmit night-night satellite info to the cruiser to see if we can locate that car. Let's see, here's Smedley. <laughs> Who is that with you? It, is that the gardener? Yeah, she's just tending my business. <laughs> Whatever. I need you to transmit satellite info to the cruiser. Pronto. Yeah, all right. That a boy, Smedley. Don't call me boy. Oh, I, all right. Oh, fart. And soon, armed with satellite intel, Night Night and Bubo rush off in hot pursuit of Snitchy and his mysterious captors. Meanwhile, in an old abandoned warehouse, we find Snitchy tied to a chair and surrounded by some menacing-looking thugs of the Big Daddy Gang. I'm telling you, I, I just don't remember anything. Well, you'd better. And if you don't, we're gonna whoop the shit out of you. Boss, maybe we should hypnotize him. You know how to do that? Uh, nope. But since this old abandoned warehouse used to be the secret headquarters of Dr. Foe, we was looking through some of the junk he left behind and we found this here hypnotizer. Well, how do you know that thing's a hypnotizer? Cause it says hypnotizer on it. Okay, hook Snitchy up. Hey, wait a minute. You guys don't know what you're doing. That thing might electrocute me and fry my brain. It better not, because if it does, we're gonna whoop the shit out of you. And so Snitchy is indeed strapped into the strange hypnotizer contraption. Alright, Snitchy. Tell me where the night night lair is. I. I. I'm on the sidewalk. Uh, above me is. There's a neon sign saying night. And a glowing crescent moon. Followed by another sign. It says, Club. Wait a minute. Is he describing Club Night? I don't know. Hey, Spikey Do. You go to Club Night a lot. That sound like it? Yeah. Could be a coincidence. 
but I doubt Night Night would put a neon sign out in front of his secret hideout. I don't know. I've heard it's pretty stupid. Suddenly, the roar of the Night Cruiser's engines can be heard as it zooms from outside, smashing through the wall of the old abandoned warehouse. The group runs over several members of Big Daddy's gang while shoving other members into the piles of Dr. Ho's equipment. Oh, shit! Night-Night smashed Big Daddy into that Dr. Fool's shit! Worse than that, one of those containers was full of bees, and now they're out. Let's get the hell out of here! Hey, them crooks are getting away! Priorities, boo It's snitchy we want. There he is! What did you tell them, you cowardly scum? I died, Oh, he pooed himself, Night-Night. Hmm. It appears that his device he strapped to fried his brain, reducing him to a drooling vegetable. Looks like this machine was damaged by some sort of impact. Well, once again, victory belongs to the Night-Night. Yeah, well, let's get the hell out of here. Them bees are getting close. But as Night Night and Bubo turn to leave, they hear a strange sound from within the piles of destroyed equipment and jump. <laughs> what the hell? But rising out of the debris stands what appears to be a hybrid of man and bee. That was Big Daddy. But now, thanks to those mutant bees and weird chemicals you threw me in, I am now... B-Man! My god! He's hideous! And, and what is that hanging from his ass? I think it's his stinger! I'm gonna kill you, Night-Night! Let's get in the car and haul ass, Bubo! Come on, come on! Oh shit, he's coming to sting us, Night-Night! <laughs> shit! <laughs> Run for your life! Soon, our panicked heroes run out into the night as far and as fast as their legs can carry them from the old abandoned warehouse. What are we gonna do? We... we need a hell of a taxi. In this part of town? Forget it! Wait, wait. I know. We'll... we'll use the night bug repellent. Oh no, he's flying toward us! Hold your spray can steady, Bobo. Steady. Steady. Now fire! Damn it! It's not working! Save your breath, Night-Night. I've decided not to kill you outright. Okay, works for me. Yeah, me too! Instead, I intend to torture you slowly into your ultimate demise. Shit! See? My new superior being intellect has revealed to me you must be Lyle Richmond, the owner of the Club Night Nightclub franchise. That's ridiculous. Boy, B-Man, you hit the nail on the head. Damn it, Pubo! I'll hammer the nail on your head if you don't shut up! <laughs> I leave you to wait and wonder when the B-Man will strike next. Later, at the night's lair, Night-Night contemplates his next move. All right, I've looked up all the information my files had on this gangster Big Daddy. 
My guess is, is that B-Man will most likely be staying at Big Daddy's last known address. So that's where we'll get him. What are you gonna do? Use the electrified netting to trap him? No, Smedley, he's too dangerous, since he knows my real name. Therefore, I must resort to the last resort and use lethal force. What? Just because he knows your name, he gets the death penalty? Well, he was a gangster, so I'm sure he's guilty of something horrible. And anyway, he's now a hideous monster. Yeah, he's butt ugly. Screw him. To the night, Cruiser Boo Boo. No, boy. And soon, outside the apartment building of B-Man, the night cruiser pulls up to a stop. All right, Boo Boo, let's go for it. Ready? Remember, stealth is of the essence. So we must be as quiet as possible so as not to lose the element of surprise. Now, I'll just fire the cable gun. And, uh, and up we go. Slowly but surely, night, night, and boo Scale several stories up to the window of B-Man's apartment. Okay, boo Hand me the night class cutter. Okie dokie. Quiet, boo We don't want him to hear us. Oh, yeah. Alright. Let's push the glass through. But don't drop it. Damn it, Boobo! Oops! Stupid! Alright. Obviously, no alarms. Now keep your eyes peeled and be ready for B Man. Hey! Here's some money in a briefcase. Yeah. Okay, take it. Um. Hey, that's the price you pay for messing with the nightmare. Wait, I hear something. I can't hear nothing over the noise of that shower. Good Lord, Bobo! It's B-Man taking a shower. Huh? <laughs> Look, his little stinger is wiggling. <laughs> Quick, let's douse the living room in gasoline and set this place ablaze with him in it. The night night. What about the neighbors? Uh, well, uh, well, we can call the fire department when we get downstairs and, you know, hope for the best. I don't know. Obviously you don't. That's why I do the thinking. What the hell's going on in here? Oh, too late! Damn! Ah, B-Man! Couldn't you have had the decency of putting a towel around your waist? Oh, somebody's naked! What? Damn it! Once I get my dramas on, I'm gonna whoop the shit out of both of you. Let's all ask, Boo Boo. Hey, he's already gaining on us. Watch out for his stinger, Boo Boo. Ah! Oh no, Boo Boo got stung. Help me, Night Night. I can't run. My legs feel rubbery. Sorry, Boo Boo. I mean, it's been nice knowing you. Hey, what's all the hey, going what? on? I don't know what's going what's on. What's all the noise? Hey, is that Night Night? Oh, Get back to your room, citizens. This is official night night business. You better hide till it out of here, night night, because I got a shotgun pointed at your ass. What the hell is that? Give me that. Whoa, you shot him, night night. Yes, Poo My plan worked perfectly once again. Really? Hey, give me my gun back. Back off, asshole. <coughs> I, I don't remember anything. Damn, Night-Night. 
Why'd you do that? He was being aggressive, and besides, with his memory wiped by the nighty-night amnesia gas, he won't be able to explain himself laying next to the dead B-man with his gun having killed him. So if the police pursue a murder case over this uh, monstrosity, we'll be in the clear. <laughs> I guess you think of everything. Always. Well, can we get some ice from one of the tenants here before we go? What for? Well, since B-Man stung my ass, my right cheek is swollen to Kardashian size. Thus ends another amazing adventure of Night Night. Be sure to tune in next week for another exciting thriller starring Night Night. This has been a Nailsin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? And now it's time for... Perhaps, but maybe not. Johnny Jones of Louisiana was a World War I veteran. Well, sort of. You see, when Johnny Jones went to basic training in the army, he was being marched with other soldiers through the woods. Unfortunately, the soldier marching in front of him pushed a branch out of his way, and when he released the branch, it swung back, hitting Johnny Jones in the eye. Thus, he lost said eye. After which, the army paid him a lifelong pension. As a result, Johnny Jones busied himself with odd jobs here and there. One of those jobs was aiding the local farmers in Carlos, Louisiana. One of those jobs was monitoring the water pump that pumped water out of the Shoe Peak Bayou and into the canal system that irrigated the crops. As he was monitoring it one day, he noticed something out of the corner of his eye. He turned to look to see a woman standing nearby the banks of the Shoe Peak Bayou. He wasn't sure who she was or where she had come from. He turned back to continue to observe the water pump and then decided he'd better go see what this woman's about or what did she want. Maybe she needs help. But as he turned to face her again, instead of a woman, there stood a skeleton. Horrified, Johnny Jones leaped away and ran eight miles back to his home. It was said that the footprints in what was then a dirt road were nearly six feet apart. He was later honored by a road that was named Johnny Jones Road. So, did Johnny Jones see a ghost at the Shoe Pig Bayou? Perhaps, but maybe not. Well, it's time to turn out the lights here at RadioMisfits.com as we bring the Mr. Nelson Show number 15 to a close. But before I go, I'll give you more words of wisdom from Fortune Cookies. Don't panic. That's it. There you go. And remember, everything means 42. Good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. <laughs>